Hey everyone, welcome back to another Plugged In episode on the CPC Podcast. This Plugged In episode is brought to you by Gravity Student Ministries, the youth ministries of Centerpoint Pentecostal Church. We pray that this episode blesses you and challenges you and gives you the answers that you have been looking for for quite some time. I know that this message is going to be anointed and we know that it's going to bless you. So without any further ado, let's get into today's Plugged In episode. I am not going to keep you guys for very long. Uh, I am going to be talking about a familiar bit of scripture. I think we've all heard a part of this prayer quoted over the pulpit downstairs and and up here. Um, I'm going to be talking about the prayer of Jabez today. Um, The Lord has put this prayer on my heart. Uh, Y'all know the enlarge my territory. This is that one. Um, It's been on my heart, like in the back of my mind for a couple of weeks. And those of you who are... um, Putting lessons together, those of you who are starting to teach and starting to hear when God speaks to you, when he you know, puts little ideas or he'll put a little scripture in your head or a thought, you guys know what I'm talking about when I say that this has been in the back of my head for weeks and I didn't really know what to do with it. And so when the time came for me to sit down and put together a lesson for tonight, I said, well, all right, let's look this, uh, this prayer, this t- tidbit of scripture up. And um, it's two verses. <laughs> That's it. It's two verses. So, my friends, join me in First Chronicles chapter 4. We're going to do verses 9 and 10. Again, very simple. But I do feel like the Lord has something to say. And, again, those of you who are writing things down and coming up with lessons and are wanting to teach or possibly in the future you're wanting to preach when the Lord does put that little thought or that little scripture. And and by the way, the more scripture you have under your belt in your heart, the more that he will drop a scripture, bring a scripture to your remembrance for you to then turn around and do something with it. Chapter 4. Verses 9 and 10. Say amen when you got it. All right. Lots of amens. All right. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me. And that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it might, may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. So this, this prayer is both more and less than I remember it being. It's been a while since I have studied the prayer of Jabez. So let's, let's take a look at this. So Jabez is a man who appears in these two scriptures in the book of First Chronicles and nowhere else in the Bible. There is one other mention of Jabez, but it is the place, not the person. And so in in the book of Chronicles, in this section, we are going through some some lineage. We're going through some genealogy in the the previous couple of verses. And though Jabez is not 
strictly, uh, explicitly included in the lineage of kings of Judah. He is implied to be an ancestor of the kings of Judah. We see, well, you can be seated. We see in these two verses, it doesn't look like a lot, but trust me, there's a lot. We see the first thing is that his mother had a difficult birth and named him Jabez, quote, because I bear him with sorrow. So I did what I always do. I pulled out my blue letter Bible. I pulled out my dictionary and got to figure it out what some of these words mean. Jabez means sorrow or pain. So from day one, Jabez had a label on his life of sorrow and pain. Jabez was born in sorrow, raised in pain, and as far as the world was concerned, that was his identity. That was his literal name, you guys. Can you imagine your name meaning pain or sorrow? And, 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 and people, people were very aware of the meanings of names in these days. So anybody who you know, introduced themselves and you said, oh, my name is Jabez, they were like, <laughs> your name is sad. Your name is ouch. <laughs> your name, like, that's not that's not a really good that's not a really good precedent emo there. Emo. emo before there was emo. no exactly. <laughs> Here's the thing: Jabez was the victim of a generational curse. His mother endured pain. His mother endured sorrow and endured hurt. And she placed that on Jabez. And that became his label. That became his name. This was not done by him. This was not his own doing. He was a victim of this label being placed on him. The pain did not come from Jabez. It was put on him by someone who should have known better. And I feel like like labels are a really big thing. Me and Taylor were talking last night. This world loves labels. We love to like put a stamp on something, put a name on something. I know I do. I love to be able to like categorize and like put things in pretty little boxes. <laughs> it's just so much nicer that way. All of my organization freaks on know what I'm saying. But the world is going to try to do that to you. And without your consent, without your permission, the world is going to try to force labels on you. The world is going to try to say, you're this and you're that. And it might be because of something that maybe something you did in your past. Maybe, maybe you lied. Okay, so now you're a liar. Now and forevermore, you're a liar and there's no, there's no redemption for you. There's no hope for you. That can't be changed. You will forever be a liar. There you go. The world is going to try to put labels on you. It's going to try to confine you to a box but if we keep reading, we see that Jabez did not allow that label to stop him from crying out to God. If we continue, when God speaks, when Jabez speaks to God, when he calls on the God of Israel, he says, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, that enlarge my territory, that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. There are several translations 
of the word evil in Hebrew that mean pain. And so this is interesting. And so Jabez is saying, keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. Jabez is asking the Lord, keep me from this pain that has been put on me that it might not grieve me. Jabez is saying, Lord, here is, here is what everyone says that I am. Here is the label that's been placed on me, deserved or not deserved. Here is who I am. God, take it. Take it and give me something better. Take it and use me. Take, keep me from the pain of who I am or of who I used to be. Jabez, in a way, is renouncing his own name, calling on God to change him and to keep him from the curse that was placed on him by his mother. Okay. It's kind of dark and it's kind of gloomy, but hold on, hold on. (laughs) If we go back to the very first line, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. So despite this pain, that he was under, despite this label and this weight that he was under, the Bible says that Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. If you look up the word honorable, again, in the the Blue Letter Bible, if y'all don't have the Blue Letter Bible app, it is a very complicated and scary looking app, but it it will open up worlds just get it and learn how to use it. If, if, you, if you get it and you don't know how to use it, come to me. I will show you what I know. Okay, so if you look up the word honorable in the Blue Letter Bible, in the Hebrew, it means to be heavy, be weighty. But it also means to be glorious, to be honored. But it means to be heavy, to be weighty. So this tells me that not only was Jabez more, more glorious than his brethren, he was to be honored, but he was heavier than his brethren. He was weighty. Jabez had a heavy burden for the kingdom of God. Because when Jabez, later in the verse, says, bless me indeed, enlarge my coast, Jabez is not saying, oh, just let me win every battle and give me glory and give me recognition and give me more stuff. Jabez is not talking about give me more territory as in give me more land, give me more possessions, give me a really cool iPhone, give me a really nice car, give me a super pretty home. Jabez is not talking about physical things. When he says enlarge my coast, Jabez is concerned with the kingdom of God. Jabez is asking the Lord to deepen my anointing, Lord, enlarge my influence, extend my reach, help me to win those around me, help me to be effective in the kingdom of God, not for my glory, Lord, but for yours. And Jabez is saying, even though I'm in pain, even though I have this label and this, this weight on me, even though I have this and I'm not perfect and I'm not qualified and I'm hurting, right. use me anyway. That's good. Because there will never, 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 never hear me. There will never be a point 
in your life and in your ministry where the Lord stands to the side and waits for everything in your life to be perfect and waits for you to have perfect temperance, perfect peace. He waits for you to have full control over your emotions. He waits for you to be in a mentally healthy space. It will never happen. God is going to use you throughout your life, through your pain and despite your pain, and even sometimes because of your pain. Because God can use you even when you're hurting. And sometimes you're hurting because God wants to use you. Think about it. You want to be an effective soul winner. You want to be an effective counselor, an effective friend. If you've never gone through anything in your life and your friend is going through something, how are you going to help them? If your life has been tip-top, daisies and roses and rainbows and, and, and pink trolls life, what are you going to... Sorry, I just had the, I had the trolls in my head. It just popped out. Like, what, what are you going to be able to do? But if you've been through some stuff, if the Lord has brought you to some stuff and then brought you through some stuff and you felt pain, then you can reach that person and you can be effective in your ministry and in being a friend and in soul winning. It's not recorded in the Bible, but there are ancient texts that elaborate on the story of Jabez. And they claim that Jabez went on to establish a school of 31 disciples. God can use you even when you're hurting. So we all know that the Lord's Prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, yada, yada, yada. We all know that that is sort of an outline to how we should approach God in prayer. But I kind of think that the prayer of Jabez is an example for how we should pray for ourselves. Now, when I say that, people get a little scared. They get a little uncomfy. In my experience, there are, there are two camps of people. There's, you're either, you don't really like praying for yourself because it feels a little self-seeking. It feels selfish. It feels like, well, if I'm praying for myself and for my needs, then I'm taking time away from praying for others and, well, the, the, the Lord knows what I need, and I, I don't need to ask him for anything. And then there's the other camp who can't shut up, who can't stop asking God, I need this, I want this, please do this. And, you're, and you feel like you're spinning in circles and you're not getting anywhere. You're just digging ruts in the ground. You're not getting anywhere. To the first person, you, you know, you say, no, that feels a little selfish. I don't, I don't really like to pray for myself. The Lord does already know every single one of your needs. He knows where you are. He knows the desires of your heart. But he is your heavenly father. And a father, a parent, loves nothing more than to give their kids what they ask for. He wants you to make requests of him because he wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants that, that relationship where you come to him and you say, I, I really need this or I, I need you to, to help me in this area of my life. And God will say, okay, I can do that. 
Matthew 7, 7 through 8, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So people who are shy and feel like you're being self stop, talk to the Lord. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to bring your needs before him. He wants that. I promise you, you are not a burden to your heavenly father. And by the way, just a small little side note, you're not a burden to any one of us either. If you need to talk to someone, you are not a burden. To the second group of people. I feel like sometimes I'm in both. I think right now I'm in the second group of people. I can't shut up. I can't stop asking him for what I want and what I need. Lord, give me a house, please. I just want a house. Okay, there's a part of you, person who can't shut up like me. There's a part of you that feels like, well, maybe God didn't hear you the first time. <laughs> or maybe, maybe somehow like you have to be, like you have to earn it right? So you have to like keep at it, keep at it and do all the good things and do the ministry and yeah. do all the jobs and, and then he'll give you what you want, right? Yeah. Right? Or, 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 or sometimes it just feels like he's not hearing you at all and he's just ignoring you entirely. This is a new scripture that, and again, I read the Bible all the way through, but do I remember this? No. no. But in Isaiah chapter 62, verses six through seven, it says, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence and give him no rest till he establish and till he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. That was a lot of words. Let me break it down. He's saying that when you have a need, when God has promised you something, and read your Bible. There's like 400 some odd promises in here, and they're all for you, honey. All of them. God has promised us a lot of things, and it is biblical for us to put God in remembrance of his promises. It is biblical for you to get in your word and by the way, in order for you to, 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 to speak the word to God, you have to know the word. Mm-hmm. We're all in a process. Get to know the word. Because the more word, again, the more word that you have in your heart, the more that you're going to be able to say, God, you promised me this. Here it is in your word. You said that your word will not return void. I am calling on this. That's biblical. That is biblical. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes, it is biblical for you to come again. And again, and again, to knock, knock on heaven's door, to say, Lord, I need this. Lord, you promised me this, but we do not do this out of anxiety. There's a line. And I know because I have crossed that line many, many times. We do not do this out of anxiety, but we do this out of expectation and as a way to strengthen our faith and our resolve. All right? And I'm always, my mind always goes back to this because I feel like in, in both of these camps, there's a little bit, of, little bit of unbelief. And in the same way that every man has a measure of faith, 
I also believe that every man has a measure of unbelief, of unfaith. It's human nature. Whether, whether you think that God doesn't want to hear you or you think that God is ignoring you, whichever camp you're in, Mark 9 and 23 through 24, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. It is perfectly normal for you to have doubts and for there to be a part of you that isn't sure and needs some reassurance. Abraham needed reassurance from the Lord many times when the Lord was promising him, you're going to be a father of many nations. And he's like, but how am I going to know? How am I going to know, Lord? Can you show me a sign? And then the Lord did the covenant of the parts. And I won't go into all that because that is super, super deep. But it is okay for you to need reassurance. And I, I pray this prayer often, Lord, help my unbelief. Help the part of me that isn't sure. Help, and maybe even the part of you that doesn't really want to do. Maybe, maybe you feel a calling. Maybe you have a burden for the kingdom like Jabez does. But there's a part of you, part of your flesh, that says, mm, I don't really want to put in the time and the effort. I mean... Holla. Okay? All right? Help thou mine unbelief. And if you find that your flesh, if you find that 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 carnality in you is winning, it's time to fast. By the way. Because what does fasting do? It kills the flesh. So if there's a part of you so you, you know that you're being called, you have, you, like Jabez, you have a burden for the kingdom of God, you want to do, but then there's that flesh that rises up in you and says, oh, but you're tired. Oh, but you just got a new video game, and instead of studying for Plugged In, you should play your new video game. Because isn't that fun? You get to ride horses and you're a samurai. Come on. What's not to love when that flesh rises up in you? Don't, don't ignore that. Because that will snowball. And don't give in to it because that will snowball. It's time to fast. Fasting is a tool and we need to use it. And it's meant to kill the flesh. So kill whatever is rising up in you saying, I don't want to do that. If we want to pray like Jabez, we have to have a burden like he did. If you, if you feel like, well... I don't really have a burden, ask him for one. Ask for one. If you feel like, well, I want to be used, but I need help in X, Y, and Z, ask God for X, Y, and Z. But just know that you're, you're not going to wait until you have X, Y, and Z to get started. Get started now, and while you are doing work for the kingdom, God is going to give you X, Y, and Z that you ask for. Does that make sense? So if we want to pray... Like Jabez, we also have to have a right attitude. So we can ask God for stuff all day long, but we have to be careful what we're asking God and what the, what the intention is for that request. Like something ridiculous, like, oh, Lord, kill that bug. I hate bugs. I hate bugs. Is he going to do it in, maybe in like a week? 
not right now. Uh, you know what I'm saying? If or if I ask, oh, this this is I can't. This is a terrible example, but it's like the most extreme thing I can think of. Uh, somebody does you wrong, and you're like, God, hit them with a bus. Uh, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Avenge me, Lord. Like y'all, stop, <laughs> stop. That's ridiculous. He's not going to answer that. Here's another thing. He's also not going to answer a prayer if you're asking for something that's going to hurt you. And sometimes we get upset and we say, God, why haven't you done this thing? Why haven't you? And for some people, like me, for some people it looks like, why haven't you taken away this pain? I'm in physical pain. Why haven't you taken it away? Well, maybe it's because that pain forced you to make lifestyle changes that have now bettered you overall. There's a, there's a reason. Whether God does answer a prayer or does not answer a prayer, there is a reason for it always. So when you are making requests of God, make sure that you have the right attitude, that you're asking the right things for the right reasons. And even then, don't get mad if he says no. Because he... He withholds the right. He just he has the right to say no because he is sovereign and he knows what is best even when we don't. And the last thing, in order so in order to, to pray like Job, as you have to have a right attitude. We have to have a burden. Again, if you don't feel like you have a burden, pray for one. God will give you one. Dear Lord, yes, he will. And it's heavy. But it's 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 one of the motivations that keeps you ministering when you don't want to minister. It's because there are people who need help. So thirdly, if we want to pray like Jabez, we have to release our pain to him. And that's not saying that God's going to take the pain right then. Because Jabez was still Jabez. When he's, even when he started that school of 31 disciples, he was still Jabez. He was still sorrow or pain. But at the end of his at the end of the, the scripture, it says, and God granted him that which he requested to keep him from the evil of his name, to keep him from the label that had been put on him, that it might not grieve him. And so we ask God, yes, I'm in pain, and no, I'm not perfect. My life is kind of a mess, but use me anyway. Take my pain and turn it into something Beautiful. Use me in spite of it. Because this is who I've been, or maybe this is who they've said that I am. But God, I want to be what you say that I am. On behalf of Gravity Student Ministries, thank you so much for checking out today's Plugged In episode. If you're ever in the Centerpoint, Louisiana area and you want to come check out one of our services in person, we have them every Wednesday night, 7.05 p.m. in the Upstairs Youth Sanctuary at Centerpoint Pentecostal Church. We would love to have you be a part of us. In the meantime, though, hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you on the next Plugged In episode. See you later.